Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to That's the Tea, the podcast that gives you football news in the most digestible way possible. My name is RJ, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan, to talk to you all about our first topic of the NFL season, which is free agency. How are you doing today, Ryan? Still reeling over the fact that Russell Wilson is now in the AFC West. That is... That is very tough. Um, you know, thank you, actually, because, you know, coming from the NFC West to the AFC West, it's a big burden off of our, our shoulders as a, as a Niners Yeah, but then base. now we get to experience what you experienced in the past couple of seasons. I think especially like this last season when, you know, they shipped out Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. Mm. He actually had four. We, we had the worst quarterbacks. So and now you know how it feels. You'll, you'll know how it feels for a good. No, we, do not, we do not have the worst quarterback. If that's what you're trying to say. Derek Carr is not there. Yes. Okay. So we're going to transition to what we really want to talk about today. And as I mentioned earlier, we are here to talk to you all about the basic information that you need to know about the 2022 NFL free agent class. And I think there is no better way to start than, I guess, kind of breaking down the very simple question of what is free agency? And I guess I'll get started with this. So free agency, in essence, is the first way to fill up roster spots of players that were under control last year. And there's going to be a split between players that are under contract and players who are, I guess, joining the NFL for the first time through the draft, which we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. But essentially, free agency is first grabs for players that have already been established in the NFL and are looking for a new team. So, Ryan, I guess to kind of transition over to the next topic, kind of where does all this money come from? Or like, how do... How does free agency actually work in essence? Yeah. So it starts with the cap. And I feel like the cap is like a term that even player or not players, avid football fans don't really know. Like we know what it is, but we have no clue where it comes from and what makes up the cap. So basically, I guess we can break it down a little bit before we actually get into what the cap means. And we can start with why the cap is important, why it's relevant. So managing the cap is an important um, thing that each NFL team's business operation needs to do in addition to things that you may already know, like picking players and picking coaches. So you have to pick the right coaches to coach the right players, but then you also have to get these players under contract. And the second thing we need to keep in mind is kind of not all teams in the NFL are created equal because some franchises have um, basically more success leading to more money, or they simply just have a billionaire who owns the team like the Jaguars or the Cowboys. So keeping these two things in mind, how do you combat all this unfairness? Because not all teams are created equal. So to even out the playing field for all the 32 teams, you insert the artificial budget called the salary cap. And this budget it's not that complicated at all. It's basically like your own personal monthly budget, except this budget is for the entire year and each team operates on the same budget number or whatever you want to call like the number you cannot spend over. Um, The difference though, is that in a monthly budget, you can spend it on whatever you like, like your groceries, going out, whatever you want, basically whatever you you want to spend the money you made on. Um, However, the salary um, cap for the NFL only pertains to players and how much you pay them. So in simpler language, the cap is set around 210 million this year, which means no team is allowed to spend more than 210 million on existing and new players. Got it. So 
I feel like one thing that was super important about this is like this whole concept of a monthly budget and this fact of there are 32 people, 32 teams with the same budget who all get to spend it at the same time, right when free agency starts. So one decision that a lot of these teams have to make is whether or not, hey, do we want to spend all this money right now, get our top priority free agents, or do we kind of want to linger, wait a little bit, we don't have that much money and try to get a discount on players that were not selected earlier on in the early stages of the free agency class. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like really interesting how you kind of describe that. But yeah, I guess to tie it all together, though, you're talking about the salary cap, you're talking about the cap. Actually, where is this money coming from? That's a good question, because I just learned today where this money came from. <laughs> um, there's this thing, a document called the Collective Bargaining Agreement. It's also known as the CBA. And it's a document between the NFL, so the National Football League, and the NFL Players Association, which is the NFLPA. And the NFLPA basically just represents players. Um, in this document, it details a percentage regarding how NFL revenue should be split between ownership, which is like people who own the teams and stuff like that, and the players who make up the teams. Um, currently, the split is 53-47 between ownership and players, respectively. So what you would do is you would take 40%, 47%, because that's the part that is uh, belonging to the players in the document. You take 47% of the NFL's total revenue, and then you would divide that by 32 teams to split it evenly among everybody. So the collective bargaining agreement is super important because if this document is not living, if there needs to be changes, the NFL or any sports industry gets into a lockdown, which has happened in the NBA and is currently happening right now in the MLB. So to be able, it's really interesting because I didn't know the split was 53-47 between ownership and players. I thought it'd be like 50-50 or like and I it thought changes. it would be a bigger split. Right, it changes. They bargain. Yeah. That's why it's called the mm-hmm. bargaining agreement, right? So it yeah. changes from, I don't remember how long they like spend until they get like a new deal or something like that. But yeah, the numbers always change. So very fascinating, very interesting. And a fun fact, or I guess a cool thing is that during the COVID year, like 2020, the salary cap for each team took a dip because the NFL is growing every year, meaning that the salary cap for each team should in theory grow every year, meaning more teams or not, not more teams. Every team should get more money to spend each year, but because the NFL's revenue dipped in uh COVID year, because they weren't selling tickets, weren't doing all these things, the salary cap went down for the year. Got it. So um, I guess on the topic of NFL revenue and, you know, with the salary cap dipping, where exactly does the NFL revenue come from? Um, basically I'm pretty sure this part is a little bit self-explanatory, but the the majority of their revenue comes from TV deals. It's basically which channels get to broadcast what, um, I totally forgot what channel, um, the Super Bowl was broadcasted on, but it's basically just saying, does Fox get to broadcast the playoffs or does Amazon get to broadcast the playoffs or which, which, uh, basically which TV companies want to pay the NFL the most to get rights to broadcast Monday night football or Thursday night football or whatever it is. That's their main source of revenue. In addition to that, um, smaller things are like merchandising and licensing deals with apparel manufacturers like Fanatics or Nike for them to sell apparel with the NFL logo on it. And the other thing is through corporate sponsorships um, from companies. uh, Basically, they want their name on stadiums. Got it. So 
I actually have a really interesting question because this, this comes up a lot and shows up a lot. For Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, <laughs> when he's in all his commercials, right? Does all that money go directly to Patrick Mahomes or do the Chiefs kind of get a split because it's by association that he's part of the NFL? That, to be honest, I don't know. But if I had to guess, it would make sense if it goes straight to him because it's his face that's being used. Like he's not representing the Chiefs or the the NFL in like those State Farm commercials. It's just his own face and his own name. True. So it really is just Patrick Mahomes as opposed to Patrick Mahomes, who is employed by the NFL. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't show up with a logo, with an NFL logo on his chest. <laughs> Chiefs logo know? on his chest. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I would assume that he gets to keep all the money. Got it. Okay, but it might be yeah. a different story if he shows up like trying to promote the Chiefs or something. Trying to promote. I think you know you bring up a really good point because when Aaron Rodgers was on the State Farm commercials a lot more, they used to have like those people with like the Green Bay Packers jerseys and like the cheese heads and be like, "Oh my god, that's Aaron Rodgers." I think mm-hmm. the Packers got some revenue no, no, from no. that. Actually. What's funny is that I think those, they had the cheese heads and they had the Packers jersey, but the logo was never there. Wow. You can search it up. It's basically like a green jersey with the numbering on it. And then, I mean, the cheese heads are universals. There's no, there's no like, you know, Green Bay Packers logo on the cheese head. Got it. Okay. Wow. So I guess with all this new information, I guess now we understand how free agency works. we got the cap. We understand where this revenue is coming from, from the NFL. It's the big question right now. Why is free agency so important to NFL teams? Yeah. um, It's just a super exciting time for free agency because uh, to look at it from a very simple perspective, we can break down a team's roster, which is basically the players on a team. We can break it down into two parts, drafted players and free agents, Um, players that um, a team drafts are typically on the younger side around 20 to 24, and they have never played a professional football game in their life. Like they come straight out of college, they get selected straight out of college. So each year, I mean, we'll get to that episode in the future, but each year you can draft a certain amount of players and then they accumulate on your team. The other way you can add players to your team or add talent to your team is through free agency. Um, Free agency, the contracts is kind of like, so after a team signs a drafted players, uh, their contract is bound to expire at some point in time in the future, like in four years or five years. And the once drafted player now can re-sign with the same team that drafted them or look for a new team to play for. Um, In this situation, when a player who is not under contract for the following football season, um, when they look for a new team to play for, they are a free agent. So the benefit of free agency as opposed to the draft is that you more or less know what you're going to get out of a player in terms of production, leadership, and personality. Um, And a huge emphasis or a huge keyword on the part more or less because NFL players are just humans. They change just like we do. Um, Sometimes we regress. Sometimes we progress in life, you know? So, but the main point about free agency, I guess, is that there, you actually have a sample size of what this player can do in the NFL, which might give you, I guess, more, I don't know, peace of mind when signing a free agent versus a brand new drafted player. I think you bring up a really good point in terms of the benefits of free agency and the emphasis that these are players that are already established in the industry. You know what you're going to get. 
Mm-hmm. And in some aspects, I feel like even like the lower end free agents are more worthwhile than some draft picks that are coming up in the draft because you know what you're going to get. You know, they're going to be a depth piece. And there are a lot of times in the draft where you draft a player, they fall down the depth chart. They don't meet expectations. They, they never, never see, see the field, field mm-hmm. and you waste, you wasted that whole pick altogether. So, and this is something that we're going to emphasize when we talk about the NFL draft is that potential does not translate to the NFL level. There's a big jump between the college level and the NFL. So it's, you're paying that money that you're spending on your salary cap is really coming into the, like, I guess it's really emphasized over production, leadership, and personality that you've seen them do in the NFL already. Yeah. But the thing is, not all good things come for free. The premium that you have to pay for for these free agents is that they probably command more money than a newly drafted player would command. So you're spending more of your salary cap against basically a quote unquote safer player rather than paying less money for like a dice roll. Exactly. So, I mean, with that being said, for the NFL, that's why they really care about free agency. So I guess the million dollar question as well is why should we care? We as fans, right? Mm-hmm. And to some, to some extent, I feel like the free agency is almost like New Year's for NFL teams, right? Yeah. It's a fan's first look at what their favorite team will be looking like during the NFL season. It's the first time you get to see what your team is trying to change, you know, like New Year's resolutions, see how your team will improve. And honestly, like what you mentioned earlier, it's to get hyped about all the great potential players that may land with your team. It's so exciting, right? Exactly. I, I honestly think the NFL is purely based and it drives on hope. Because even, even the worst team in the NFL still has a really strong fan base. It's Why? It's because they're hoping that free agency will bring a good player. They're hoping the draft would bring a good player. And I think how you said how um, free agency and the draft differs earlier, I think to, to add to your point, it's crazy how some teams forget about the draft. Like they would trade away their draft picks for proven players and then just sign players in free agency, mm-hmm. i.e. the Rams. The Rams, right? And like, yeah, it's so interesting because 32 doesn't sound like a big number. Yeah. But 32 teams have 32 different strategies for how they tackle free agency, the draft, building their rosters. It's just, it's so interesting. And I guess with that in mind, we can transition to our next portion where we talk about how all these teams are going to have to decide on what free agents they want to pick. And we selected five free agents right now. And we're just going to talk to you all. We think that these are like the five most important free agents in this free agency class. And with that being said, Ryan, let's get started with the first one. Take it Mr. Von Miller. So I think we chose this guy not because he's just good on the field. I think he's a good person off the field as well. And he's probably just a household name. Your dad might know him. I mean, your dad probably knows him. And your mom might know him too, you know. He is a guy... Uh, his name is Von Miller, if I haven't said already. Uh, he's the guy who played uh, for the Rams during the Super Bowl just last month. He played on defense, and he is a guy with a little patch of hair at the top of his neck. You know, wonderful style, impeccable style. Um, the funny thing, though, is that Von Miller actually started last season on the Denver Broncos before getting traded to the L.A. Rams during the season where he went on to win the Super Bowl. So I guess the trade worked out for him. And... Um, they, when they traded him, there was only a year left on his contract, which is the current season, um, which means he is not under contract for next year, therefore making him a free agent. Uh, 
Fun facts is that he uh, he got a degree in poultry science and owns a chicken farm and an optometry that serves low-income children in Denver, which is very odd, I thought, when I saw it, but it's really cool. I think the potential landing spots is he could re-sign with the Rams. That's the other thing if we haven't mentioned. Free agents can re-sign with their team. And the other potential landing spot that a lot of people are looking at is him just going back to the Broncos after the Broncos got Russell Wilson. Which is literally the biggest steal that the Broncos could do ever. They literally traded Von Miller for draft picks just to re-sign him again at a cheaper, more affordable deal for the team. Just to get him back. Just to get him back on another winning team, which is honestly insane if it actually happens because they traded him for like... It was like a second. It was pretty. It was a pretty valuable draft pick, which actually went to Seattle. Now that I think about it, <laughs> yes. Russell Wilson trade. Yes. So Von Miller is the reason why they got Russell Wilson, and may yes. very well they might play on the same team, which is and they might get him back now, which is crazy. It's so crazy, but I guess with that being said, I could talk about the next player right now, and that is Chris Godwin, who is the wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and. For context, he actually suffered a season-ending injury during the final year of his rookie contract, and it happened on week 15 of the NFL season where he tore his ACL and sprained his MCL, and it practically ended the season because it, it was late, but he might also miss some time this year, which is why it's super important because these type of free agents happen, I guess, a lot where it's a really big, prominent star player like Chris Godwin, but he's injured, and so you're taking that risk, almost like the draft of how much money do you want to spend on this player, knowing that there's risk especially because his injury is a really bad injury Mm -hmm. i guess the fun fact for this though is that for some sort of optimism here this injury happened to some household names like rob gronkowski and adrian peterson right and they turned out okay they turned out fine they turned out fine they're really good players and so that's the optimism here with chris godwin and signing with him also alan robinson if you all know alan robinson he's a good player and he actually tore his acl too coming and entering into free agency during his time. Mm-hmm. So another, I guess, fun fact as well is that because he was not drafted in the first round during his NFL draft, he only gets a three-year contract after being drafted, which is why he's in talks for a contract extension or I guess signing and being a free agent with other teams. In terms of potential landing spots, there are the Saints, the Colts, the Eagles, and my personal favorite, the Cleveland Browns just because they have no true number one wide receiver because Odell Beckham left Jarvis Landry is getting up there in age and they still have a lot of cap space left too. They have about 30 million, which is actually a lot. They're like top 10 in terms of that. So I'm excited for Chris Godwin. I am too, but not to basically rain on your parade. As of right now, I think Chris Godwin has been franchise tagged. Oh, did they actually get the franchise tag in time for him? I think the according to the franchise tag tracker, Chris Godwin did get franchise tag. I'm glad for the, I'm glad for the Buccaneers. He's a good player. Yeah, which kind of brings me into my next player because the next player we, we were going to talk about also got franchise tagged, and his name is Devontae Adams. Um, Devontae Adams, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. We basically went into this similar story with Chris Godwin expecting them to be a free agent um, partly because of what analysts were saying and partly because you know I wanted Devontae Adams to be a free agent not get franchise tagged but he was franchise tagged so we're going to do a quick dive into what it means 
because it's something that happens before the week of free agency, but it impacts free agency a lot. Because when you franchise tag a player, it basically takes them off the market. They are no longer a free agent. Um, basically, what happened is to give some backstory on Devontae Adams is he played for the Packers, like I said, and his contract was expiring. So unless he gets re-signed, he would become a free agent. However, Devontae Adams is a really good player. So the Packers do not want him to be a free agent and for him to re, uh, they basically want him to re-sign with the Packers. However, they were not able to agree on the terms of a new contract um, with Devontae Adams in time before the franchise tag deadline. So then when you're stuck in this little pickle where you and your player can't agree on a new contract, there's one magic thing you can do. Um, it's called the franchise tag. Um, every team has one of these tags per year. And what it essentially does is it allows the team to keep the player who is scheduled to become a free agent for one additional year. So basically right now, the Packers have the rights to keep Devontae Adams for one more year, whether Devontae Adams likes it or not. I mean, he can sit out, he can do a whole bunch of things, but on paper, Devontae Adams still belongs to the Green Bay Packers. Um, it is uh, typically used to buy the team more time to negotiate a new contract. So they get about an additional four months until July 15th to hammer out a new deal. If July 15th comes by, Devontae's Adams agent and the Packers still can't agree on a deal, then the player would play under a default one-year contract hence allowing the team to keep the player for an additional year. Um, and the salary he would make is the average of the top five salaries at his position. So since Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin is a wide receiver, they would both be making the same amount of money, which is the average of the top five salaries at wide receiver, or 120% of their current salary, whichever number is higher. So the franchise tag is super interesting because... It's all based off the NFL team. The player yes. has no say no and say. no choice. I guess in terms of free agency, I think some players, don't they have a choice where they like they get offered a contract and it's like a yes or no, right? In free agency? They, have, they field offers. Yeah, they field offers with other teams, right? Yeah, in free agency, basically you're like the commodity. Teams are calling you to come out to their city for you to interview with them, work out for them, and then they'll give you an offer and then you can review all your offers from however many teams it gives it to you. And then you can decide where you want to go. Exactly. And the franchise tag removes that completely from you. You do exactly. not get the say in it, which is why some players, i.e. Le'Veon Bell get disgruntled when they get franchise tagged or they don't get a contract extension because then they sit out. An example is also Allen Robinson. Yes. Yeah. He got franchise tagged last year and look at what happened this year. And I feel an important note is that I think you can only get franchise tag twice by the same team in a row. So the Packers can only do this to Devontae Adams this year and potentially next year. And I think a lot of players get disgruntled. It's not because they don't like the team they're on, although that could be a reason. I believe a lot of it comes from the fact that when you get franchise tag, there's a lot of downsides to it as opposed to signing a real contract because the NFL is a dangerous sport. So when you're signed for one year, you could tear your ACL in that year and have no job security for the year after. But if you sign like a three-year contract, you get some guaranteed money now or over the three years of your contract. So when you tear your ACL, it's not as bad because you're still under contract and you still have guaranteed money coming into your pocket. 
Exactly. And I know we're kind of saying all these pros for the NFL team, but the major con is literally the last thing that you said about the franchise tag. The salary is made up of the average, the top five salaries at his position or 120% of his current salary, which means that if you're going to franchise tag a wide receiver or a quarterback, that's a lot of money. Those players, (laughs) those positions tend to give out lucrative, big money contracts as opposed to like a defensive tackle or defensive end. Not hating on the position, but that's just how the market is right now, right? Mm -hmm. And so I guess for the Packers to franchise tag Devontae Adams, lots of money. So they're also, I guess, kind of paying their dues as well for that. Yeah. Speaking on the one-year deal, though, with the franchise tag, we can actually transition to our next player, coincidentally, to James Conner. So the franchise tag is, hey, you sign with this team. They don't want to let you go. On the flip side... There are also free agent deals that happen where it's a one-year, quote-unquote, prove-it deal, which in essence is, hey, you get one year, we'll give you an above-average salary for your position and prove to us or prove to the NFL, I guess, whole world that you deserve a bigger contract. So as I mentioned by Chris Godwin, some teams give give players like a one-year prove-it deal and in other words, showcase your worth or value with one year to possibly mm-hmm. extend with this current team or again, showcase to other teams. And that was the case for James Conner. And I guess to preface why he got this one year deal and his fun fact was that he was actually diagnosed with cancer. So, That's and he crazy. was only told that he had one week to live. Wait, and he what? Made like the biggest, yeah, he made the, his doctor literally told him like, Hey, you have one week to live. And he was like, nah, dude, <laughs> he was like, no, <laughs> he no, straight you. up was like, no. And he started working out in the gym and like he made like the biggest bounce back recovery ever. And I recommend you read up his story like after this podcast, whoever's listening to this. It's really we should just cover story. him in, a, in an episode. We really should. That would be a good one. Um, but so he bounced back and he was played with injuries as well during his first years when he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hence why he signed a one-year deal with the Cardinals. And He is one of the, I guess, very few players to actually cash in on a really big deal afterwards. Well, that's what I'm expecting because he was second this year in touchdowns and was named a pro bowler, which essentially means that he was like the best out of the best. He was Mm -hmm. a really good player and he he really proved his worth and he's going to get a really big contract coming up this year. In terms of landing spots for him, Texans, Buccaneers, because they don't have any running backs under contract, the Giants, if they plan to move on from Saquon Barkley, and I honestly think that the Giants are a really good landing spot for them if they yeah. really do move on from Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. And I think these one-year deals, just to clarify, it's just a variation of a normal free agent deal. There's really nothing special about it. It's just instead of signing someone for four years, you're deciding to sign them for one year. And I think sometimes, like I guess to bring out the pros and cons of this again, is I think from a team perspective now, it's like, you signed James Conner because of his history to a one-year deal only. He proved to you and the NFL that he could play, meaning that he gets to cash in, but then now you might not be able to re-sign him anymore because he might cost too much now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because it, basically when he was high risk, you wanted low risk. So then you gave him a one-year prove-it deal. So then it's like a cheap deal. It's like maybe one year for $5 million or something, which is a very small amount in the NFL. Sounds like a lot to us, but $5 million, not that much in the NFL. So then you get low risk for getting James Conner or what you could have done alternatively was since, you know, he's a high risk player, you could have just gave him a three-year contract for like 15 million 
And then even if he breaks out in the first year, you still have him for two more years if, if he doesn't want to renegotiate his contract. Very true. So they were, so they really, in essence, they did a low risk thing, which ended up being high risk. Which ended up being maybe not high risk, but it just gave good results for one season. And then now you can't maintain it. It's not sustainable because the guy proved to be too good. So this basically just all plays into what RJ said earlier about how there's 32 teams doing 32 damn different things. 32 damn different things. And we're going to talk about one really interesting damn thing that happened Mm -hmm. this week. Just like yesterday, right? Literally just yesterday. This is like, I want to say it's breaking news, but it's fresh off the press. It's Bobby Wagner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. March 8th. Bobby Wagner, the player who literally got released a week before free agency. Now, let's think about this. You're probably wondering, oh, this guy got released, which means that his team decided that he was just going to test free agency. We don't want you anymore. And so if you just heard this name, you're like, oh, Bobby Wagner isn't a good player because he got released and he's going to do. And and the team doesn't want him anymore. The team doesn't want him anymore. That's not the case. (laughs) This specific transaction was made for a team that wants to begin a rebuild. And I guess the short term of a rebuild is when a team decides to just rebuild their entire roster, whether it be coaching staff, upper management, but most importantly, players. And so Bobby Wagner got the equivalent of a pink slip, except it's like a good pink slip for him because he can decide where he gets to go in essence, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So his team was like, all right, we don't want you here, but you can pick where you want to play next year. So his former team, the Seahawks, no longer want to pay for his contract. And again, Bobby Wagner's in control of his future because he gets the chance to choose where to play and compete with a team that can contend for the Super Bowl, comma, if they offer him a contract. Yes, if they offer him a contract. And I think a quick, like maybe 30 seconds on the rebuild strategy here is from how I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, but when a team wants to rebuild, it's probably because they have too many holes. And by holes, I mean too many deficiencies in their roster. They don't have good positions at every position or they don't have, they simply don't have enough good players on their team to compete. So what you want to do in that situation is sometimes you want to ship off your best player who is up there in age, AKA Bobby Wagner, because you're basically your whole, I'm not trying to diss the Seahawks. Don't come after me, but basically your whole team is not that great. The only value you have, the only value you have is basically out of players like Bobby Wagner, who are established veterans in the league that can still do something. So basically they cost a lot of money. There's no point in keeping Bobby Wagner on your team when the rest of your team can't compete. So you're basically just shipping them away, opening up your salary cap again, and then to rebuild your team. I think the one interesting thing that happened that I feel like some people are kind of talking about it, but it's the fact that Bobby Wagner, I don't know if this was his contract year, like he didn't get traded like Russell Wilson. So it's kind of like, again, 32 different teams doing different things instead of just getting value. They wanted to, you know, respect Bobby Wagner and give him like his closure of picking his next team. But like, teams would have offered a first at least, I think, for Bobby Wagner. He's a good player. Maybe. I feel like, I feel like at this point in his career and like how, people are valuing draft picks. I think you get maybe a second out of him. Wentz got two thirds. You're right. You're right. Wentz got two thirds. 
my god well it's because the washington redskins actually sorry not redskins commanders the washington commanders actually called up each and every single one of the of the the remaining 31 teams to ask about the availability of their quarterback in a potential trade like imagine calling up like the chiefs who have like who just signed patrick mahomes and it's like hey uh is patrick mahomes available (laughs) like what kind of conversation is that yeah it's they were desperate it's crazy yeah they were desperate and we'll definitely talk about that in the future but in terms of bobby wagner where he will land i honestly don't know i think for me my two favorite spots are the raiders it used to be the Colts, but no i think he would be a really good fit for the raiders to be honest i don't think i want to say he's not going to cost that much if you do like a one or two year deal this is your winning window right now in my opinion, I'll pass. Ryan can talk about it. Okay, you can pass. Yeah, you must like your linebackers then. Okay. No, no, no. There's another guy that I like that we didn't mention today. He's kind of low on the radar. He goes by Kyle Van Noy. Oh, Kyle <laughs> you Van know, Noy. We're just bringing the Pats to the West. Bringing the Pats to the West. All right. Well, that's, a, that's all that I had today, Ryan. That's all I had too. So to everyone that has made it this far, thank you for listening. And hopefully you learned one more thing or two about the NFL. Share the podcast with your friends and follow us on Twitter at That's the T 2020. We'll catch you guys again next week when we recap what actually happened during the first week of free agency in the most digestible way possible. And that's the T. And that's the T. Take care, y'all.